Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Have you ever heard someone tell you that you've got a great idea for a startup? Have you ever seriously considered looking for investment for it? And if you're a newcomer, where on earth would you start? Should you be looking for grants? Would you dare to ask family or friends? What are the things generally that you should know and avoid about the whole process? Well, today I'm joined by a couple of people who know all about this. Jack Cantlon, CEO and co-founder of Herd, which has just raised one million euro. And then we also have the seasoned startup advisor, Donald Cahillan, DC, uh, formerly of the Republic of Work, and now working with Dogpatch in Dublin. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adrian. Jack, just before we get into the money, tell us very briefly about Herd, what it is, what it does. Yeah, so Herd is a free-to-play social platform that lets you predict what happens next with friends. Uh, we're trying to build, Adrian, the, you know, the, the new way, the contrast to the grubby bet or the time-consuming fantasy sports platform. We're reframing this, uh, the whole relationship you have with being right in favor of the fan in contrast to that kind of, I would say, kind of predatory approach that we see today. We're, we're, we're the, hopefully the new wave. So I think I know what's going to happen here, what the outcome of a thing is going to be. And this is where I'm going to show everybody that I know and that I knew. There's no better social currency, is there, than being right. And we want to celebrate that and, and, and bring, it to the, bring it to the world and, and, and really be, be part of that whole magic moment of I called it and that aha uh, that comes with it. And very briefly, what's the payoff or the return for you on that yeah absolutely it's brand partnerships right you know to the sports lover it loves uh being uh it's very very desired amongst brands we're reframing that we obviously get a uh, take from that alongside our brand partners who are looking to attract these customers from the delivery company to the taxi to the to the night house they might, might want to enjoy okay we might get into that a little bit later on um you just raised a million euro uh was it the first time raising First time raising, uh, we've we've six hundred grand in the bank. I need to be clear on my language here, but we've yeah. just, we've got a million euro in commitments, which is great. We're just waiting for SEIS EIS clearance in the UK. But look, it, it was intimidating. You know, uh, it was it's certainly my first time. I was a lawyer previously um, in an, in another life, um, and I would have thought that would equip me for the startup world. But uh, you know, it's a it's a different beast altogether. Um, and it's one I've enjoyed getting my teeth into. So you were, do, you were used to formalities, niceties, legal language, propriety, all of these staples of the legal world. And now you're in a situation where you're literally going to somebody and asking them for money. Yeah. And like, you know, you feel naked. That's the honest feel. You know, you, some, if someone describe what... Well, some people feel good naked. <laughs> I don't believe it. I think they're lying to you, if that's the truth, right? Like you're you're exposing yourself. You're exposing yourself personally. You're exposing your business, and you're 
it's humbling, right? Because the reality is, you know, you have to go through a thousand no's to get your 10 yeses or whatever the, 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 the cadence is for you. And like, and a, a problem with startup culture, and, you know, I'd love to hear DC's perspective on this is, you know, we hear about these success stories. We hear about the, the joyous moments of these yeah. fundraising announcements. We don't celebrate the grind. We don't celebrate that moment of that yes after 100 no's. And actually, for me, from looking from the outside, when I was a lawyer, part of the intimidating uh, thing that prevented me from starting my own startup I, was this kind of like macho nature that people build up around it, which I think is mm. really, really wrong. I think we really need to be have a, especially in Ireland, kind of approach of, of, of honesty to this, this whole uh, realm. Okay, what did you do? How did you start? How did you get the ball rolling? So the first thing I did was I started an entrepreneur first. So entrepreneur first is a pre-idea incubator. They call it a talent incubator. So they bring 50 people from a a technical background and 50 people from a commercial background together. And their thesis is, look, talented people can build globally significant companies. Um, I met my co-founder, Rob, there. It was much like Love Island, to be honest, Adrian. You know, you're kind of breaking up, making up every week. Um, And there's a leaderboard every week. It's a a bit of a hothouse. There's a leaderboard every week and you're kind of like, pitching your idea every, every day on a Friday. But look, we, we started with 100 people. They backed 20 people, and we were lucky enough to be one. So that got the ball rolling. But Just remind me, who is they again? Entrepreneur first. So uh, the, the leading talent incubator in the world. Um, and their, their investment thesis and how they make money is they invest £80,000 uh, for 10% of your business. But they, you know, some of those businesses have gone on to be unicorns now. So it's a okay, remarkable. So, yeah. so you've done that. You're now at £80,000. And then what do you do? So a few things, right? So you, you reach out, you raise, raise what for us was a pre-seed round. So we are pre-product market fit. We have an app in the uh, app store. We're learning the whole time. But the narrative is more about, here's a founding team that we think we can get places. And we reach out to angel, for us, angel investors. who, who So that's what you did. So, so you, you did maybe some research on yeah. who angel investors were, say. Yes. And then you started to reach out for this. You had your 80,000 for 10% of your company. And then you yep. started to contact angel investors. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll give you, what I'll give was you that process like? I'll give you a good example. So there's one investor, great guy, uh, invested 5,000. You know, a great, you know, I met him for a pint of Guinness. Very, very humble experience, but he backed the vision. He then introduced me to uh, another individual who said, look, I want to invest 25,000. Uh, but he said, look, I actually have this fund that sits alongside me that I'm such a good angel, now, rightly or wrongly, and um, people just co-invest with whatever I invest in, and then that unlocked mm. 140,000. So what it becomes is huh. a kind of process of connections, to be honest. It's like, um, it's going on Tinder. So your 5,000 euro pint of Guinness actually yeah. ended up in a 140,000 euro networking-fueled commitment. Exactly, exactly. That's interesting. I'm going to come back to that. Um, DC, um, you, I would regard, are one of the people who would be one of the more active people in the startup networking scene here in Ireland. Two questions. First, is Jack's story a kind of a common way of how this happens? And then also get maybe some of your thoughts about where you start from scratch. Um, How do I put this? Jack's story is a common one for the successful businesses because even like what I'll say is how I originally I met Jack quite some time ago because even when he was just starting off in entrepreneur first he was thinking about the next stage of his business so Mm. he was reaching out to the Irish network and stuff even before he ever was raising money 
he was reaching out to people kind of saying, I'm going to be down the line. And I mean, that's yeah. that's the key thing here. Look, we are very lucky in Ireland. We, 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 you know, for years and years in Ireland here, we had a very limited pool of investment that that startups could pull from. We had a number, you know, we had a number of venture capital firms. Enterprise Ireland was always a very unique factor that that other countries don't have. Um, but in the last two years in particular, a couple of things have happened. We've seen, you know, an absolute explosion in venture capital in Europe. We've seen a corresponding, you know, essentially all the American firms started shopping in Europe, which means they're now yep. shopping in Ireland as well. Um, and then actually there was another element, which is I think when, uh, this is a strange one, but when houses and apartments became hard to buy in Ireland as investment properties because of all the big vulture funds coming in, you now created a scenario where somebody who had a couple of apartments was maybe intending to buy another one Suddenly now they're going, well, I can't buy an apartment. I've got, you know, 50 or 60 or 100 grand. Maybe I'll take a punt now on this uh, this technology scene that's coming up to diversify. Okay, so that, that's, and that's a good context for everything. So it's day one, though. It's somebody, to go back to my intro, has a yeah. really good idea. Um, but maybe they're a bit shy on the contacts uh, yeah. front. Um, do they start cold calling, uh, LinkedIn emailing? Um, what? what what's a decent way to start yeah well look there's 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 one there's one first caveat that you have to look at right and it very much depends on the type of business you have right because um as an example the general rule is if you want to raise venture capital from anybody you have to show a path to where your how your business is going to do 100 million dollars in revenue because outside of that, your company isn't really investable by venture capital. So traditionally, only technology companies can kind of go down that route. So I always kind of say, if that example of, you know, you're starting today, are you setting up a, a technology company? Are you setting up a company making jam? All right. Now, in the very early days, it doesn't really matter, right? The reality is, is, you know, you have an idea, you, you want to kind of get started with that. I always say to people, your first step is the state. Like your first step is the local enterprise offices or Enterprise Ireland. Why? So there are a lot of local enterprise offices around yeah. Ireland. There's dozens yeah. of them, and, I think. And they, and they, are they have budgets, right? To yeah. help people yeah. like you who have an idea and a plan and want to go a meeting. So you go and you set up a meeting, one of these. Um, do, you, do you wear a shirt and a tie? No, you don't. Because honestly, no. the, people, the people who work in these offices you know, they are very well plugged into their local systems. Like in Cork here, as an example, we actually have three enterprise offices between the county and the city. Like yep. they have money specifically for what they would call feasibility studies. How so much money? Can what give, can you expect from them? You can, you can, I, I believe the maximum is something around 15,000 euros. But like usually okay. you go to them with a raw idea. They say, look, you yep. need to go off. You need to get a bit of research. You need to get a bit, of, a bit more information. You know, we'll cover five, 10, 15 grand of work, you know, towards that to help you get to a point where you can work out, is this a business or is it not a business? And that's, and a that's grant. step one. That's a grant. Yeah, that's, that's a grant one. for things like receipts that you show them for. Yeah, exactly. Like et cetera. The, the great okay. thing about the state is that they protect they protect their tax money with the local enterprise board essentially at yeah, they they like you spend the money they repay it so there's no danger of the money going off into the ether type stuff 
Okay, Jack, um, you talked about meeting uh, your first contact over the pint of Guinness. Um, is it hard to get a meeting? Did you did you try at any point to get a meeting with a venture capitalist? Yeah, and they rejected me. Some of them, right? You know, and you have okay. to you have to be very cognizant of this. And this goes back to DC's point. How, yeah. But can can I ask you, how did you approach them? So how did they approached you, right? So I, for me, the process was I did a I did a video, right? And I got I got it was an eye catching video. I, I actually appeared five times on on the screen, watching a football match at the one time, and it's me with different versions of me predicting what's going to happen next, right? So mm-hmm. an eye-catching video. I place that on LinkedIn, which is a kind of, con- I find a content-deficient platform where things stand out quite quickly. Um, and from that, people reached out. An example of LinkedIn working for us when we were to get our initial users, Adrian, was we put out, I went to the Aviva Stadium uh, and I brought a sign with me, um, which had a QR code on the bottom. And I said, I quit my job to build a sports app and this is how I get users. Um, I, I actually saw that. Yeah. That, that actually and was the, viral. Yeah. As I was leaving, I had the mindset, thank God, I said to my uh, sister, would you come down and just take a few photos of me? I got 20 or 30 downloads in, in person outside the Aviva. It was grand, Adrian. But when I went home and posted it on LinkedIn, I got 2 million views and it went absolutely crazy. You know, so they are the kind of mad moments. And that's a big advice I would have for people. Did anything, come up, did anything come of that? Yeah, yeah, loads of invest, like investors who rejected us previously were sending me mails going, geez, I'd love to check in again. How are things going? You know, suddenly you're, the mindset of people around you changed. We suddenly had a community of people using our platform and we had a cost of acquisition, which was zero. It was a, it was sticky tape, right? Um, that, that, is, that, that was a real magical moment and it created for us a whole dyna- dynamic of what our marketing would be. You know, for, the, for Twickenham, we rented a tuk-tuk and I gave our users free rides all around, all around the match. That's the kind of authentic and kind of, you know, founder-led approach we want to take to, to building heart. Yeah. And so, Adrian, so, yeah. Yeah, DC, yeah. One of the one of the kind of important things that, that Jack has hinted at there is um there's an approach here where somebody thinks that going to talk to an investor is like going to talk to your bank manager. You bring together all your documents, you put your certain tie on, and you go in, and that's somehow in the space of one meeting, they're going to agree to invest in you. Whereas there's never been a better metaphor like like talking to investors is like dating and getting an investment is like getting married. Like there is almost no circumstance under which you're going to walk into a meeting and somebody's going to say, yeah, we're in. Like what, you're, what you're doing is you're getting- You don't believe it love at first sight, no? I don't believe it. I'm sure, I'm sure it occasionally happens, but just like the movies, you know, usually there's more hard work involved. Well, what happened and to like, Jack was, Jack, Jack was the equivalent of a- Instagram or TikTok star, and he looked fantastic, obviously, because then the investors came flocking to him. But but honestly, what Jack is, uh, the one thing I'll tell you there is I can totally understand this area. Jack could have gone and talked to hundreds of investors, and they're looking at it going, sure, he's the same as everybody else, and like they would have an impression about him and stuff. But then when, 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 when you execute on your idea as well as Jack and his team have, that then shows investors that like, wow, these guys, these guys, like are really, you know, they're they're driving forward, they're standing mm. out. So compared to like like investment is a game of many parts, you know, they're mm. like a, a venture capitalist is investing in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 companies a year. They're very much in the early stages investing in the people that they can see are like action orientated. Like they, they mm. don't want somebody who's gonna take their money and kind of go, oh, okay, that's a relief now. We have money in the back. We'll sit back and think about it. They want people who are gonna put the money to work. 
and hopefully right. get them their return as fast as possible. Jack, did you approach any friends or family at any point? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And some have invested, but I think it's nervous, right? And not, not, yeah. sorry, not to say it was any way significant in terms of our fundraising. It's probably less than 5%, right? But uh, people do want a ticket on the ride, but it's something you need to consider, right? And I think you need to, you know, reflect back. You need to be very open. Like, Adrian, I'm going to be clear with you. My business will likely fail, but I am comfortable with that. Jack, right? shh, shh, yeah, I know, shh. I know, I know. And I hate to tell my investors this, right? But 1 million euro will not get us to our goal. Right, we need to fundraise again. They are two realities of build, building a venture backable business. We're building for global scale. We're not building for something that's sustainable tomorrow or the next day. Our revenue yeah. and our investor updates is zero. Is like that's that is what the number is today. I fully expect that it will be a glistening number in the future. But the only way we can get there is being very deliberate in our approach, listening to our users, understanding our metrics, and going from there. And I think. Family and friends can be challenging because they may come from more traditional businesses and expect, like my mother, I love her dearly. My father, I love him dearly. But, you know, building a platform which is free to play that doesn't initially like click in your head, oh, that's a brilliant business model, can be challenging for people. And I, was, I had a lovely job. I was working for a brilliant law firm. I was a New York qualified attorney, earning plenty of money. And I put that in the bin. You know, maybe I need my head examined, right? You know, but that's sometimes life for you. You know, you well, take these from your experience and from just listening to you talk here, it's refreshing, it's candid, it's open. But is it a little bit naive? Is there a point at which you can be too candid with investors and, and sort of, you know, too stream of consciousness about the, the, the possibility of your business failing? I, I, certainly you need a little bit of that. But I, like I think if a value system I have number one would be a be authentic. You know, I do a video every Friday on LinkedIn and I caught my one take Friday. And what it is, is I just like talk about business in one take, but I don't get another chance. I just have to like tell you about the business kind of a brain dump. That's how mm. I am. And I can only, you know, at the end of the day, early stage startups, they're investing in you. They, like people might think my idea is terrible, but some people will still write me a check because they go, that lad is a bit mad. Let's go for him, you know? And just I actually think- just on that, write me a check. This is just complete uh, by the by. Is it actually a check? Do you actually get a check? Uh, it, it, it's a it's a wire transfer, but wire. I like to think of yeah, yeah. I like to think that not only as checks, to be honest, as novelty checks, you know? Yeah, uh, the huge yeah. ones. <laughs> like the charity yeah. ones. I just before we leave the friends and family, because I wanted to ask, and you've kind of half answered it for me there, but I, I wanted to, to ask in that position, how do you actually approach a member of your family or a friend let's say you need the money and let's say it's the difference between your your startup maybe getting off the ground or not i would imagine of all the you know the raising activity you do that or one does that's the most difficult in some ways my starting point for that would be the um ndrc um yc style safe that's a brilliant way to raise amongst family and friends right because that, that. that so a safe is it doesn't set a valuation what a safe does is it says this is a very simple legal document where you can invest an amount of money into this company and there is a equity event when the company is valued that is when you have the value but for your belief in us at this early stage you get a 20 percent discount to that equity event down the road so it's a it's a brilliant tool for someone to go out tomorrow raise a family and friend round it's a common thing that people do and they can get started, they can get going. And then when someone comes to write that, you know, uh, big boy check or big girl yeah. check that uh, crystallizes it, 
everyone's happy because the family and friends are getting a 20% discount and this mm. investor is seeing already this person is, is thinking yeah. in, in a way that's um, uh, very venture backable. DC, uh, in terms of going looking in, when you're starting out, um, you would be a name that some people might associate for advice and you know, yeah. where to go next. How much should you go looking for a DC? Would you take, for example, queries from cold queries? Yeah, a lot. Like the funny thing, Adrian, what you were talking about there with the angels, you know, it all, it all, and the family, friends and family, like the big thing I've always noticed in that is, yes, in Irish, you're, you're 100% on the mind frame of Irish people would be very nervous. The entire, you'd see the entire opposite in America. In America, people would desperately want their friends and families to be involved because they have such confidence that their ideas are going to be successful. It's like, mom, dad, we want you to have money in here so that when we're successful, you know, you're retiring. Whereas in, in Ireland, obviously, we assume that everything's going to zero. So you'd, you'd be very slow to ask your mom and dad to put their own money in. But yeah, look, I mean, Adrian, I, today alone, I've met two different startups that are both thinking about raising money. Now, I never have an issue like talking to a startup and kind of saying, look, what are you trying to do? You know, how much money do you think to raise? Here's where you should go. The, the challenging part is, you know, where you see people out in the market who charge for this service, who kind of say, I'll help you, but in return, I want 10% of the company or worse again, I want 10% of the money you're raising. Because the reality is, is that the fundraising process itself is a real trial by fire for an entrepreneur. Like if you can't convince somebody in the value of your idea and the value of your business, how the hell are you going to convince customers? How the hell are you going to convince staff to join you and stuff? So I think that's the big thing for investors. They see- So beware of sharks and charlatans. Beware of sharks. Yeah, very much so. Jack, what you sort of breezily referred to it earlier on, but what does rejection feel like? Really good question. Uh, it, it, it feel, I think you need to turn it into a game. You need to kind of reframe it in your mind that this rejection is getting me to that yes. But in a, to be candid, it feels shit. Like, it feels terrible. It, it doesn't feel good. Um, you feel vulnerable. You feel, you know, you feel a sense of a lack of work because you're like, you know, what is, what's wrong with me? Like, why are people not believing in, in this thing that I strongly believe in? You know, like I flippantly maybe said earlier that like, this business would like to fail. It remains the truth, but there's also a truth where I see this business being a global behemoth where I own people's points of view and they're expressing it on my platform. Like how intoxicating is that to my mind? And if you can't believe in that, I, it's, it's humbling, it's difficult. And it's, it's something that is unique nearly as an experience because you are just so, you're, you're so out there and you're getting this feedback on your out there self and you're being told not good enough. You know, I, I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't underestimate the emotional challenge that comes with it. Yeah. And clearly you have uh, indicated a willingness to change your career, to chuck an awful lot at this. You seem to be all in on this in a way that might be challenging for a lot of people uh, considering uh, a startup or raising money for it. Do you think that's the level you have to be at? But I, 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 but I would say I'm still scared, right? I was scared the day I put in my notice in my job. I'm still, but that's okay. I'm also exhilarated. I'm also, you know, I'm also having great fun. I'm all, but I'm also stressed. I'm also scared. You know, I'm all, it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of emotions. 
but it's okay to have that. It's just how you deal with it. Um, so I think everyone could do it. Genuinely, I think a lot of people have the ability to do it, but it's, it's how you mind that mindset. Because there's things that will happen to me today, which will really upset me. There's other things like a TikTok going viral or something, which I'll be delighted about, right? So it, you just have to celebrate those, those little wins. Do you see any last words of advice? Yeah, I mean, what I was what I was thinking about there, I have to come back, obviously, refer to my old boss mentor, Pat Phelan. Like the problem, the problem with fundraising in Ireland is, you know, the first many people hear of it is when it's printed in, you know, the Irish Independent, you know, or, or when it's in the media. And like what people don't realize is, is you know, there, it's such at the end of a long road. I remember when we raised money for trust of seven years ago, like, in order to get our investment, we, we took 140 something meetings with venture capitalists. So like you have to kind of, you know, what Jack is talking about there is you have to get used to taking the knocks because you're, 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 you're going to keep knocking on doors until you find the people, you know, who align well with you. The one advantage you have is that you're Irish because actually the, the very unique factor about the Irish ecosystem is you can ask around, like you can, you know, when Jack announces he's, you know, a massive investment in a couple of years, and we'll all know that this, uh, this firm and this firm and this firm are all investors, you know, a, a new entrepreneur could come to Jack and say, hey, Jack, I was thinking about talking to these guys about investment. And Jack will say, look, we took them and they were great. But these guys were like, that's a real superpower of the Irish ecosystem, mm. that ability to, to share knowledge, share information. In other countries, you know, you kind of tend to keep your, you keep your knowledge to yourself and, and you don't do that level of like, while investors are doing due diligence on you, you're also doing due diligence on them. And I mean, right. there's, there's a whole bunch of like activities and events and incubators and things. There's a great event happening next week in RDI hub down in Kerry. They're literally bringing on two founders who have raised money from international investors. And the best part I thought was is they've already said in advance that the call isn't going to be recorded and broadcast. So it sounds to me like as if the invest the, the, the founders are going to talk some real hard truths about it, you know? Well, I, I look forward to our, yeah. our, our black market uh, copy of that uh, <laughs> uh, video file. But um, look, thank you very much for joining us today. Jack, thank you also. And the very best of luck with Herd. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you um, in the next few months. Um, so that is Jack Cantillon, CEO and co-founder of Herd, and Donald Cahillan, uh, formerly of the Republic of Work, now working with Dog Patch in Dublin, and from me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. Thank you very much for listening to us today, and we'll be back the same time next week. Bye-bye. 